Welcome to Lunch with Tech Leaders, where we have engaging conversations about software development and cloud engineering with industry leaders and subject matter experts. These episodes are created by the Great Lakes Tech Leaders, an online community of technology practitioners. Please come join the conversation by visiting gltl.rbn.ai. Again, that's gltl.rbn.ai. Now strap in, because we're deploying to production in three, two, one. All right, so um, welcome everybody. Uh, thank you for joining uh, this week's uh, Lunch with Great Lakes Tech Leaders discussion. I appreciate you all uh, joining us uh, this week. So um, I know that uh, some of us have been uh, speakers in previous uh, weeks. Um, there are some new faces too. So let's um, go ahead and do some, some quick introductions um, before we dive into the topic. Um, I'll go ahead and begin. Uh, so I'm Jason Brown. I'm a, a cloud solutions architect with Right Brain Networks, and I've been part of the company for about eight years, a little over. Uh, I can go ahead and go next. Uh, my name is Ray Welker. I'm a cloud solution engineer at Right, right Brain Networks. Um, been here about three years, and uh, yeah, looking forward to speaking with you guys here today. I'll go. Uh, my name is Michael Gerard. I'm an architect with uh, GSTV. Uh, companies out of Detroit. Uh, we have offices around the in New York as well. Um, I've been with the company now for eight and a half. Going to be nine years in a couple months. I can go next. Honorio Cadenacci. I work for Cover My Meds uh, from Columbus, but I'm actually working remotely. Uh, I've been a software developer for more years than I can mention, <laughs> several. Um, so um, happy to be here. Cool, I can go next. Uh, so my name is Mike Onslow. I am the Director of Technology at Clarity Voice. Uh, I've actually been in this position for about two weeks, but I've been working with the company, started off as an application developer in 2013, and kind of like Honorio, um, uh, you know, I, I I've been in this longer than I care to remember. I'll just say that uh, I was around when DHTML was actually a thing. <laughs> All right, excellent. Um, so yeah, uh, let's uh, let's dive right into the topic. Um, so one thing I wanted to also mention too is um, I, I strongly encourage everybody to um, post uh, topic suggestions in the uh, Slack channel as well, um, and uh, the. The topic for this week was actually suggested by uh, Honorio, which is um, screening candidates and best practices for, for interviewing, things like that. Uh, um, so yeah, I guess, uh, Honorio, did you wanna kick off the topic? Um, I thought we might uh, maybe spend a couple minutes just each talking about our um, experiences with that and then, yeah, just take it from there. Oh, sure. Um, I, you know, it's, it always seems to be an issue that well it's not so much or an issue with me for me anymore but it used to be a big issue that you know pretty much anybody could call themselves a software developer they didn't have to offer any proof of it you know they, they it's not like with software developers like it is with doctors you got to get a license from the state you know you can say you're a software developer if you've been writing software for two weeks and um so when it comes time to to get people into your company you know finding qualified people and making sure they're qualified can be a bit of a trick um, and I understand certain people from like reading on like some of the uh, developer sites and like that. Some, some people are just vehemently opposed to things like whiteboard, uh, coding and 
uh, take home coding assignments and stuff like this. And I understand, but I haven't ever heard anybody come up with a better solution yet that, you know, I want to know that you know how to reason about code, you know how to read code, how to how to write code to some extent. Like I can't ask you to write like an entire accounting system, but I want to see if you can write some code. And um, so I thought, you know, I would love to hear the thoughts of other folks in this area uh, about like how can you make sure that the person you're hiring knows what they're doing, and you know you're not uh, getting someone in there who's just gonna be a seat filler and not contributing to your team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I can go first. I can talk, uh, speak to a little bit of my um, direct experience with that. Um, so uh, being a, a cloud solutions architect, um, I've definitely interviewed quite a few candidates uh, for, for RightBrain Networks. Um, and with RightBrain Networks, I mean, we're a pretty small company. Um, you know, I, we go through periods of expansion and contraction. Um, but generally between like a dozen and two dozen um, people uh, at the company is, is um, just on average, we have, have that amount. And so everybody tends to wear many hats, like each person will, will their role will often shift uh, fluidly with, with the needs from, um, you know, the, the work that, that comes our way. Um, additionally, we often grow our leadership from within. Uh, so rather than hiring leadership um, from outside of the company, we'll, we'll grow our leadership up from, from engineers that have, have um, been working with us for, for quite a while. So um, that definitely shapes the, the traits and the qualities that we look for in our candidates. I know when I interview personally um, uh, and, and, and ask, uh, when, when I uh, interview people, like I, I definitely, it, it comes down to three main things that I'm looking for. Um, first of all, having a thirst for knowledge. So just like you mentioned, Honorio, like we don't want somebody who's just going to like be set in their habits and, and, you know, fill a seat, you know, and if they don't know anything, they'll just kind of, you know, escalate to somebody else. You know, we want somebody who's actually going to try to, um, to learn what they need to learn to be able to succeed at the, um, the, the role that they're, they're interviewing for. Uh, and also looking for people who are unafraid of, of being outside of their comfort zone. So um, a lot of the, the questions that um, I come up with tend to be, uh, tend, tend to try to like bring these traits to the surface. Um, so rather than having just like a list of questions as like a checklist of items that test what the candidate currently knows, like we're coming up with questions also that, um, not just questions, but also problems that may stretch a little outside of what they might know. Uh, because we want to see the struggle and see uh, and observe their approach to solving the problem. So just looking a lot of times I'll, I'll look through um, the candidate's resume, look at their, their history of, of, you know, and their, um, their experience, uh, and then actually tailor a problem that will dip into what they claim to know and then extend a little outside of that. Um, so I know I, I, uh, just a, like a quick example, like uh, a lot of times we'll look for engineers, even if they ha don't have um, even any experience in AWS, which we work in AWS quite a lot, but even if they don't have that, if they have a strong network uh, and operations foundation, for example, you know, we'll just ask the simple question, you know, when you go to, a, you know, when you enter a, a, a website in your browser and hit enter, what happens? Like what's happening behind the scenes? 
and something like that will catch somebody off guard because it's really broad, <laughs> but it gets right. talking and it gets them actually like thinking and solving the problem. Like we'll dip into DNS and how, how the, the DNS works and handshakes and, um, and uh, like if somebody just shuts down and, and doesn't um, try to solve the problem and just kind of gives up, then, then we know that that's you know, may not be a, a good candidate, but somebody who's, even if they say they don't know, but they offer a, a solution, like they'll say, you know, I don't know this, but here's how I would find out. That's a really good answer. Um, so, yeah. 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 I've, I've often said, I can tell the difference between a candidate who, you know, they don't remember exactly, but they're, you know, they have a general idea of what I'm talking about and a candidate who's just like totally lost, totally clueless. I mean, I ask. I had somebody who had SQL on their on their background, and I said, okay, tell me, how would you select every record from a table? Because that should be like the first thing you should know. Select star from table name, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, what are you talking about? Select every record from a table? <laughs> and it's like, oh, man, this is, okay, this is too bad, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, just your comment before about whiteboarding, I mean, even though a lot of people kind of grumble about it, I think it is... Uh, I mean, you, you need to have some way to to get that problem solving process on the table, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it might be different between what we do, um, maybe like networking and architecture designs and our role versus like software engineering, but understanding how software works, I think is still very important, even if they're not, you know, writing, they, they can write pseudocode, essentially, they can, you know, write a function or a class and know how to call methods and um, do basically logic, you know, something like that is, you know, I think very fundamental to, to interviewing something, someone and same and kind of in our, our realm where um, we're maybe presented a problem and we need to maybe describe how a network is set up or maybe how an application um, is maybe reaching out to a database um, and, and all of its various, you know, connections it needs to make. So like just it kind of sh- overall, you need, you need a way to gauge what someone's understanding of, you know, how tech works um yeah and i and i i think actually in some cases i think pseudo coding is actually a little better because what i want to see like like um jason was just saying i i want to see your thought process i want to see how do you break down a problem because every problem is different and i don't expect someone to you know i don't expect every candidate coming through the door to know how to build a binary tree i just want to see how you you know take this big thing this big problem and break it down into smaller parts that you can solve you know yep Um, yeah i would agree with that um oh go ahead i was gonna say i I would agree with that go ahead ahead. (laughs) all right Um, i was just gonna say um so uh the one one technique i've used is like as i'm introducing myself to the candidate and i'll talk about some of my experiences and I'll have them talk about their experiences. I'll pick apart one of their projects they've worked on and really try to ask some detailed questions and ask them to explain to me how they solve certain technical challenges. Like what was the hardest technical challenge you had to you know, solve in this project and then go through it step-by-step step how they solve the problem. And then somewhere along the line after that, I'll present a problem that um, I've faced and ask them to kind of logically walk me through how they would go about solving it as well. Um, so that kind of exposes, um, you know, 
did they actually do the work in the past? Were they integral to solving problems? And what does their problem solving um, you know, process look like now? I think that's really that's a really good approach. It kind of allows the candidate as well to um, maybe show their level of expertise and, and maybe they can uh, even, even more than just showing a technical answer answer to that uh, convey that there's some, you know, maybe business value to it reasons why we're moving to this new approach versus the old approach. Um, so, so they might have a more broad understanding of um, maybe whatever stack they were touching at the time. Uh, it sounded like you had some input as well, Mike. Yeah, so uh, I, I totally agree with uh, with kind of the, the sentiment of like, uh, just like your elementary school teacher, math teacher told you, you know, show your work, right? Uh, and, you know, whether it's it's been an assessment, you know, like an actual like, uh, you know, a coding project or whatnot, I really like to to dive into their problem solving skills, right? So whether it's, you know, an infrastructure type of thing or on, you know, more of the software development side, I feel like problem solving is probably just one of the absolute biggest, uh, you know, skills, right, that uh, that that people need. So. Uh, and then the other thing that uh, that I look out for, you know, are, are you know, okay, so you give them a problem, let's say it's somewhat open ended, you know, uh, are they quick to answer, you know, uh, or do they ask more questions, right? I like to hear uh, qualifying and clarifying questions from them, and really, uh, you know, kind of a thirst for for digging down to, you know, the problem at a core, and uh, and I, I like to see the step through process. If it's a uh, if it's a coding project, uh, one of the things that uh, I've I've required is basically that they uh, they use uh you know get to commit their code right and i kind of want to see whatever frequency they're uh you know they're comfortable with is fine but i want to see their thought process right as they're as they're coding through this project right absolutely and that's a great point and detecting like that um the inquisitiveness and the curiosity definitely reveals that um that that, that quality of of digging deep into the problem rather than just answering reflexively uh, yeah. uh which might just you know if if it's something that they're not quite comfortable in maybe it would be just like a deflection or if they arrive at the uh something that's more of a surface level conclusion that might not address like what's actually happening yeah it's a great point um another thing i'll do too with interviews is um like a lot of times i, I won't just give like a straight up thumbs up thumbs down for a candidate but more of like give a qualitative analysis of, of how they did. So, you know, I would say rather than just saying, yeah, they passed, I'd, I'd usually, you know, have a discussion with my peers after and, and just say, here are my thoughts about what happened. You know, this person, for example, you know, they, they didn't, they don't have any experience uh, with AWS or, you know, um, cloud formation, for example, if they're uh, applying for like an SRE type role or, you know, a CSE type role. Um, you know, but they did have a little bit of experience in, in Terraform, but they showed a great aptitude for for learning uh, and opportunity for growth. Um, so with some, you know, a little time investment, we could really help them to, to succeed in, in the role that they're applying for, you know, thumbs up. <laughs> so, yeah, there's definitely, you know, uh, a lot of, of qualitative analysis that goes on with, with candidates as well. I tell you, yeah, more I completely and more... agree that. Oh, please go ahead. I'm go sorry. For it. I was just going to say more. Yeah, no more. worries. 
<laughs> we keep talking over each other, man. <laughs> um, more and more as I as I interview uh, technical candidates, um, or when I did interview technical candidates, I haven't done it recently. Um, one of the things I want to see, it's like when when you're learning a foreign language, you're, you know, I know what I want to say. I may not know how to say it, but I know what I want to say. And so when I ask somebody a technical question, if you don't know exactly, like, how do you measure the traffic going to uh, your AWS bucket? And if I'm using that term right, because obviously AWS is not my long suit. If you, how do you measure the traffic? And I'm not so much concerned about how they measure it, but that they're aware that they need to measure it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it's the difference between like, I know what I need to do. I may not know exactly how to do it, but I know I need to do this. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, I think it like does make sense to me. Yeah. Yep. Uh, can I, I like follow up with something really case. quick? Sorry. Go ahead. Okay, cool. Uh, so one one thing that then that made me think of is you know um, is essentially not just their ability to to solve the the issue on the spot there right but but understanding where they would find the information somebody else mentioned that I think that's another one that that's really important as well as what you just mentioned Honorio which is that you know that they understand that that's needed right and the importance of something like making sure you know your SSL certificates are up to date as silly as that is right but just like understanding the the breadth of the uh, problems that they're going to be solving and uh, understanding what they what they should be looking for to uh, you know not everybody it, no, nobody's going to understand or remember every single let's say Linux command right but uh, they but they know where they should look to get the right commands right and they know what's a, what's available I guess is where I'm going with that piece right yeah there's yeah. a aspect of learning I find absolutely critical anytime I'm screening candidates. Um, they need to be able to learn new things. If they, they're not going to know the answer to every problem. Um, and if they don't have a good process for learning and I'll ask them about what they do, how do they, how do they teach themselves new things or, uh, how to find, you know, answers to specific problems. Um, and that's very much a, a gating question for me, um, is if they don't have a good process for learning, it's you know, automatic, like, I'm not interested in you as a candidate. But, you know, most people do. And that's, uh, you know, leads me kind of to my follow up is like, you know, you know, what do you as a candidate, you know, view as are you stuck in how you've solved problems in the past? Or are you open to learning new solutions to existing problems as well? So, candidates also in my you know interviewing also have to have a bit of an open mind to that you know the way you solve the problem in the past may have been good for that solution but there may be newer better solutions to that very same problem today 100 percent agree with you michael definitely want to same. yeah definitely want someone who can learn because that in our line yeah. of work is so important you know, no one knows everything and you've got to learn lots of new stuff all the time. Yeah. And, and with I have the, another, I'm gonna, oh, oh, go ahead. Um, with the uh, just evolution of technology now in, in the cloud space and at the edge, um, you really like what you learned five years ago is outdated today, um, largely. And that that's incredible pace of change um, and, and candidates across all, you know, aspects of, you know, application and infrastructure and, and the whole software lifecycle um, 
they need to be able to learn and adapt to new things. Yeah, and that's another thing that uh, along the line. Oh, we lost someone. Um, yeah, I think we lost. I think we lost Mike. Um, uh, hopefully, he'll call in again in, in just a little bit. Um, yeah, I was going to chime in here for a minute just to just to state that I think that um, you know it's it's a two way street when you're interviewing and to kind of gauge somebody's level of you know understanding or maybe their curiosity. Like I, I think there needs to be kind of a fluid back and forth relationship during during that interviewing process. Like if you're presented with a technical question and and maybe the interviewee doesn't 100% know uh, the answer to it, they they should certainly you know reach uh, ask questions back so they can maybe get a better understanding of of the problem at large, and uh, um, that may allow for them to you know, navigate down other areas that you're able to gauge their you know their technical their technical experience so that that could also you know relate back to um you know you as an as the interviewer being able to find out where their their expertise is in right and and to me that's a red flag if if somebody's not asking me any questions at all now maybe they're Maybe they're just very nervous or something, but if they're not asking many questions, like clarifying questions or anything like that, that's kind of like, hold on, you know, because again, like we were just saying, nobody knows everything. And if I ask a question and it's not clear to you, I expect you to ask me for clarification. I mean, that's kind of like your job as a software developer is to get more detail, you know? Right. Yeah. I'm glad that we uh, also got on the topic of uh, red flags, too. I'm interested to hear um, what, what you guys' thoughts are on, on additional red flags. I know that for me personally, like dishonesty is the biggest one. Like if, if, uh, if I'm getting the impression that somebody's like not being honest about their experience or, or what they've done or what they know, that you know and the the bs alarm starts going off then yeah that's <laughs> like instantly uh you face a lot of scrutiny from me <laughs> you know even if you don't know something it's better to be honest about not knowing it than you know try to play it off like you knew it right uh, but yeah i'm interested to hear what you guys think about like other kinds of red flags 100 is a red flag you know somebody's lying about some or it seems like they're lying about something on their resume that's definitely like, okay, I'm, you know, I am really now going to be very reluctant to recommend this person. Yeah. Um, some of the techniques I've used to identify, um, you know, technical, you know, BS, uh, BSing from by candidates is I'll ask them a question about um, particular technology on they used on a product or project and they can't tell me anything about it um you know either they weren't involved in that part of the project and i would hope that they would tell me that they weren't involved in that part of the project but then why'd you put it on your resume um but if they can't tell me about it um that's very much uh, goes in the column of you're probably not fit for um the role you're you know applying for if you can't tell me about the technologies you use on a particular project and it's really got to, you know, be somewhat in depth too. If it just says they used a database product, um, you know, that's not very helpful at all. <laughs> that uh, just tells me, yeah, you know some buzzwords. <laughs> I'd say another red flag for me is like, if I'm talking to someone who says they've got database experience and I say, okay, 
you've got a table with three columns and they don't know what I'm talking about. Um, you know, if you don't know the terminology, you know, or, you, you know, uh, I say, hey, um, there's a foreign key here and they don't know what I'm talking about. That, again, that's a red flag because, exactly. like, you know, you can't Google stuff where you don't know the name of it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I keep telling, because I've told junior developers more than once, it's like if you uh, are trying to figure out something and you're Googling and you don't know what to call it, you're never going to find it. <laughs> you know, that's just yep. a, a basic research skill. Yep. Um, one of the other um, red flag things I look for is uh, debugging capabilities and debugging skills. What to do when, um, you know, an engineer is trying to, you know, if they're, you know, a coder and they're writing code and the code's not behaving correctly, what do they do about it? Um, so I expect them to like, <clears throat> you know, look at logs, run a debugger, step through the code. Um, and if they, their answers in that particular, you know, uh, role are not, you know, in that line and they're just like, you know, raising their hand, asking for help, um, maybe they're not cut out to be uh, an independent uh, engineer and they really just, you know, are riding off other people's coattails. Right. Yeah, yeah, those are really good ones. So uh, it does look like we have Mike back. I know you were kind of in the middle of um, uh, 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 making a point uh, when, when you dropped. Yep. Um, did you want to go ahead and finish? Yeah, absolutely. I'm not sure exactly where I dropped dropped out at, but I'm just going to start from kind of like the beginning of that point, which is, um, you know, one of the things that I like to dig into with a, a candidate is, you know, looking at what technologies they've chosen over the over time, right? Uh, and figuring out if, uh, you know, like why they chose each of those, right? Like uh, my thought is there's so, there's so many things, right, that are, that are going to be coming up and new and everybody's using it. But I like to find somebody who can really distill that down, right, and choose the right technologies based on – and the right technology for one problem won't be the right technology necessarily for another, right? So figuring out like – Oh, they chose, you know, this because of A, B, C, and D, right? And then what were their experiences with that? With that, And then what kind of led them, let's say, to the next technology to say, okay, well, the pain is, is so great and I kind of need to move, you know, look for something new, right? So really, especially if they have, if it's somebody that's coming in with a career history of, you know, a few years, they're, they're generally going to have some uh, kind of a trail of that. And, uh, and so I look, look for that as well. Excellent. Yeah. And on that point too, um, and I was speaking uh, as a cloud solutions engineer, or I'm sorry, cloud solutions architect, uh, and going through some of the um, certifications uh, to um, uh, the certification exams for AWS, like that, that's the exact kind of aptitude that they test for, for an architect, at least is just, you know, when trying to uh, determine a solution for a particular uh, problem, are you assembling the right services to be able to address the problem effectively, right? Are you using the right tool for the right job in this particular instance? So yeah, that's a really good um, skill to have. Um, it looks like we're getting pretty close to time. Uh, I just wanted to leave a little bit of room here to just do um, closing thoughts from everybody. So um, yeah, did you, uh, Anorio, did you wanna kick it off and do um, just a, a couple of closing thoughts before we wrap up for today? Sure. Um, one thing, that I try to avoid and people, I have done this in the past and I'll admit it, I'm a mea culpa. I try not to be a gatekeeper. I try to give everyone, you know, the chance to shine in an interview because to me, 
I don't want to hear about your worst things. I want to hear about your best things. If you're really good at SQL, then tell me about SQL. If you're really good at Ruby, then tell me about Ruby. Educate me. And, um, you know, I don't want to be a gatekeeper. I want to, I want to like open that door to anyone who is qualified to walk in. But on the other hand, I also, I, you know, I have an obligation to the company that's employing me that I don't want to hire people that are just, you know, not qualified. Um, so it's, it's, it's always a balancing act between like, Hey, I want to make sure you know what you're talking about. And I don't want to be that snobby developer. Who's like, Oh, well, you don't know about functional programming. How dare you waste my time? You know? <laughs> so yeah. Right. Absolutely. Uh, Michael, did you want to, uh, provide any other closing thoughts? Sure. Yeah. <clears throat> For me, um, over my you know, decade plus career, most of it with GSTV, I've, my interviewing um, kind of methods have really evolved from very specific technical screening kind of uh, interviews to much more two-way conversations of, you know, how, how do they go about, you know, just learning and being a good uh, student of technology and, and, and problem solver. Because um, we've done you know, the very, just like, we're going to ask you 20 questions, all very technical to doing programming exams, you know, take home exams and come show us what you did um, to kind of backing all away from that and just having more uh, conversational, uh, inquisitive, um, you know, interviews. And, and really, um, that's where we are. And that's what we found is work for us. Excellent. Yeah, I agree with that approach as well. I use that too. Um, uh, Mike, do we have any uh, closing thoughts uh, from you? Yeah, uh, so, you know, not directly rated, uh, related to technical stuff, but, but really related to technical stuff is uh, I like to gauge their persistence, their attitude and their persistence, right? Uh, I feel like a lot of the, the people that I know that are, are, are essentially the, the best technologists uh, are just extremely persistent, right? And, uh, and they, they want to, you know, figure things out and want to, you know, solve the problems and they actually uh, get joy from that, right? They enjoy it. So really gauging attitude and persistence and perseverance, I think, are things that uh, over the years I, I really uh, appreciate and look for. Excellent. Yeah. Very, very good qualities to have in a candidate that we look for as well. Um, Ray, did you have any uh, clothing, closing thoughts? Uh, no, I mean, I, I haven't had a ton of direct interviewer experience from that perspective, but um, the, the, the little I have here at Right Brain, um, you know, these, these are all great qualities that you guys have brought up. And I've seen ring true just kind of on our process overall as um, well as kind of like a good foundation for um, the way that I want to model my approach going forward. Um, so I, I think this has been, you know, great to get to grab your guys's perspective and, um, also checks a lot of boxes on, uh, kind of the way that I've approached it as well. Great. Awesome. All right. Well, I think that's pretty much time, but, um, yeah, I just like to say thanks again, everybody. This has been a great discussion. I really appreciate you all uh, being here and, and um, yeah, very valuable insights from, from all of you. So um, thanks again. And I hope you'll join us for the next one. Um, everybody have a, have a great one. Great discussion. Good. Thanks, everyone. Take care. I think so. Bye. Bye.